Welcome to episode one with Michael and Eric, the podcast where we watch the first episode of a streaming exclusive show and talk about it. I'm Michael. And I'm Eric. And this week we watched Uncoupled. On Netflix. And I am pissed. Go on. This show, Mount Baldy? Are you kidding me? I've never known you to be that sensitive about baldness, about baldness or bald jokes, but uh, what'd you think? I didn't like it. You didn't? Not even a little. Oh, I liked it. I thought it was really. I, I wanted to like it. That's part of what I, I like. Neil Patrick Harris. Uh, the trailer for it looked kind of funny, but boy, oh boy, I was done with the. Not even gross, but just like the sex puns and shit that were happening in this that were in. And I mean, gross, not in terms of the content, but in terms of the quality, like they just weren't good. Yeah, it did try too hard there. Um, like, uh, let's tell everybody what it's about and then get into it. Sure. Neil Patrick Harris plays a character named is his name Michael. Yeah. OK. Who's uh has a partner named Colin that he's been with for 17 years and he's getting ready to help celebrate his, he's planning a surprise 50th birthday party for him. Meanwhile, Colin has taken all of his stuff out of their apartment and he's moving out and doesn't want to be in this relationship anymore. That's it. Yeah. I don't know. The, the, the jokes weren't great. There were moments of, something genuine in there like i i didn't get teary-eyed or anything but i definitely felt it when he was up there talking to Colin. like after colin had basically said i'm moving out yeah and then of course waka waka he's got to get up on stage and give a toast to him because nobody else knows that they've broken up yet and he's having this very genuine moment where he's it feels like a toast but he's clearly appealing to colin to like not break this up um, but then it was all undercut by shitty jokes that didn't land and weren't they were, they were out of place. I, I I don't know. I don't know if it's another example of a show trying to blur the line between something dramatic and something funny, but it was not particularly funny. So it probably would have been better served just going towards drama. I thought uh, NPH did a good job. I thought he was fine. I, I normally there were there were scene that scene I liked him a lot in. There were other scenes where he felt really wooden, and it was generally the scenes where he was trying to be funny. Mm. And maybe it was just the jokes were bad enough that I'm not sure anybody could have saved them. That scene we're talking about was I don't know if you did this if you mentioned this during your plot rundown because I never listened to those, but it was um, a surprise party for the fiftieth birthday, mm. and the Colin thought it was just a one-on-one dinner and his plan was to talk talk to Michael during this dinner and let him know what's going on. And instead it was a surprise party. Colin told Michael as they were walking in, Michael was so taken aback that he leaned against the door and the door opened and everybody yelled surprise. And now they're in it. Yeah. It's that sort of lazy writing that, me and Kathy, when we watch shows or movies like this and do this because we both fucking hate them, 
our shorthand for it is it's a Ben Stiller movie. It It's just, it's meet the parents where everything that could conceivably go wrong goes wrong. This was less egregious than most, but it was still a lot of that. Like, I don't understand why Michael telling or Colin telling Michael, I want to, I'm moving out caused him to open the door behind him. I don't understand why over the course of legitimately five minutes, we went from Michael enters the room, Michael and Colin enter the room. And now we're giving a toast. Like everything was just so bang, 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 bang in a way that was supposed to, I'm sure elicit this idea that they just don't have time to talk to each other and figure out what's happening. You know, Michael's really dis- disoriented, but it just pissed me off. It just, it just felt really lazy in terms of writing. That's a little unfair to meet the parents though. Cause meet the parents is funny. At least meet the parents is funny. Meet the parents. Isn't even the example I'm thinking of. It's more like later it's meet the Fockers and that sort of thing. Yeah. And it's also, I think the one where we first pointed it out being problematic was what was the one where he was dating Jennifer Aniston. There, there was some movie where he's, I, I can see the trailer where he's salsa dancing and she's doing the Jennifer Aniston thing where she holds her hands over her mouth because she can't act. And it, it, it her hair can act though. Her hair can act for sure. And now I need to look up what the name of this thing is. Yeah. I, I, it is what it is. Dumb and Dumber will always be the only Fairly Brothers movie I give a shit about. Um, the movie I was thinking of was called Along Came Polly. Oh, yeah. Ugh. But that that movie was just a cavalcade of everything goes wrong. And there are a lot of sitcoms that do that same sort of thing that yeah. annoy me. And this just that scene felt a lot like that. Yeah. I love that we're talking about Ben Stiller movies instead of the uncoupled you know what else ben stiller's done that i really like what severance uh, tropic thunder have you tropic thunder i like that doesn't hold up particularly great either um have you finished watching severance at all no you need to fucking watch dude have you watched any more of the bear no it's good i will maybe this weekend speaking of neil patrick harris and old um Comedies. I just watched Harold and Kumar mm-hmm. <laughs> go to White Castle for the first time. Really? Yeah. Very first time. Were you in the right mood? <laughs> yes. Okay. <laughs> I put it on because I don't remember the movie I watched before that. Shay had fallen asleep. Uh-huh. I don't remember the movie I had watched before that that hit so good. And I was like, gotta get another one in. <laughs> and so I watched Harold and Kumar. And I was like... Yes. How badly did you want White Castle after that, though? <laughs> well, the whole point of that movie is that, like, you crave what you crave, mm-hmm. right? Like, they're not ragging on the people that are going to the other fast food restaurants. They're very supportive of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, their particular one is White Castle. <laughs> and boy, I don't know if you guys know about this movie. They've got a lot of problems getting there. <laughs> They definitely, definitely do, because I think a movie where they don't have problems getting there takes five minutes. <laughs> I don't got very heavy notes. This, So, I'll be honest, uh, my notes are pretty sparse as well. Uh, probably the fewest notes I've written in quite some time. Here's my first note of substance. Okay. Um, they couldn't just step aside during that party? 
it's it's why it's why they rushed everything through for five minutes so that they could continue to have this not talking about it moment that i think that's the thing that pissed me off so much about this show is they've been in a relationship for 17 years there's no amount of care applied by colin in particular to the breaking up of this relationship half of it takes place over text yeah he doesn't give a fuck he had a i mean he had his 50th birthday and he's having a crisis yeah maybe i don't know maybe that's my problem with it it's it's clearly a midlife crisis thing but they're not playing it up like that in a stereotypical way so i i expected him to be having a midlife crisis and it never really hit that that's what was happening until the tail end of this we find out that michael's partner like realtor partner knows who he's shacking up with or whatever yeah which is that that was when i was like I might watch more of this. I watched uh, the next two minutes of the next episode just so I could find out who it was and confirm what I had written three lines in, which is exactly who you expect it to be. I had no expectations. You have no expectations whatsoever. Who is it? It is his rival realtor, the one that was being a real asshat in the fucking elevator. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I feel a little dumb for not getting that, especially with the, like... (laughs) You somebody found you an apartment, and knew we were breaking up, and all that yeah. type of stuff. Yeah, that that should I should have seen that coming from a mile away. I didn't see it coming there because at that point we hadn't met that realtor yet. I don't think because we meet him in the lobby in the elevator for the first time. Yeah, I don't think so. But so I think that took place later. But as soon as I met him, I was oh yeah, that's the dude. He's fucking. What pissed me off so much about this breakup wasn't even that some of it was taking place over text. It's that, okay, so Colin decides, let's see a couples therapist. Great idea. They go to see a couples therapist and we're led to believe, just based on how everything plays out, that Michael's a really self-centered dude. Like, he just talks about himself the whole time. Right, yeah. The dude that this guy jumps to is also incredibly like he is Michael on crack in terms of that level of self-centeredness and just generally being kind of douchey. Yeah. And overall, my impression of Michael overall, it's not that bad. No, even as a even as a like partner. But that's and I think that's also what was weird about this whole relationship breakup thing between the couples counseling where we have the let's start therapy and then you have the fade where clearly now we've he's been talking for 50 minutes nonstop and the therapist is looking bored by the way shitty therapist fucking call it out as it's happening oh it but that didn't feel in line with his character to that point and and yeah. then we and then we have Colin getting really mad at him for and and th- saying that it's selfish of him to have planned this surprise party even though he said he didn't want one i might agree with that assessment if i don't want a surprise party it was one of the reasons i with kathy turned 40 recently and i was very explicit like i would be more than happy to plan something special for you for your 40th birthday but i do not know how you feel about turning 40 and i need to be crystal clear about it so that we don't end up in a situation that feels shitty for you this isn't supposed to be a shitty thing do you want a surprise party for your 40th uh, I don't have any feelings about turning 40. Um, I'm a little worried at some point that that a f- switch is going to get flipped, though, because I have a cousin who is almost the exact same age as me. She was born three days after me. 
and our families are very close. And my understanding is that when she turned 30, like literally the day she turned 30, she didn't stop crying for two weeks. When prior to that point, there had been no indication that turning 30 was like a big fucking to do for her or anything. Right now, I don't feel any sort of way about turning 40. I think about it from time to time and go, yeah, I'm going to be turning 40 in like a year and a half or whatever. But I don't know, you know, shit, that day happens. Maybe all of a sudden it'll fucking come crashing down and me thinking, fuck, I'm turning, I'm 40 now. Um, But I don't think so. I don't. Yeah, when I turned 30, it was a bigger deal for me, but not not even really that big of a deal. Um, uh, and, and then very quickly, I was like, ah, oh, this is fine. And then when I turned 40, I, I don't even know if I noticed. I think what worries me is I didn't have any sort of epiphany about turning 30, but I think part of that had to do with the fact that I was still actively in grad school at that time. So I didn't ever feel like an adult yet. And there hasn't been that milestone birthday for me where uh, I feel like, you're a fucking adult who just does like, I don't know. I don't know how to describe it. It's one thing when you're in school, especially in school for as long as I was, it just never felt like I was old anymore. And maybe 40 will change that. Who knows? Maybe. So I, I related to Michael quite a bit in this. Okay. Um, is it because his name is Michael? That helped. Uh-huh. Uh, to the point his uh, last name is Lawson. When they said Michael Lawson, I heard Michael Awesome. <laughs> okay. But I've uh, been in similar situations to this. And I also fucking hate being single. It's the worst. I don't know. You you haven't been single that much, right? I was like in high tail end of high school and then out of high school I was in a relationship for two and a half years and then was not in a relationship for two weeks and then me and Kathy have been together now for almost 20 years so no I haven't really been single um I don't find myself necessarily thinking that being single would be awesome or anything but I do have the thought occasionally like I would be devastated if Kathy left me, but I think I would end up fine about being single. But then I also have the thought immediately thereafter where, no, I wouldn't. I would not leave the house ever again. And I would just be a shut in. Ah, dude. (laughs) Not, Not out of not out of a sense of I hate being single, but out of a sense of I don't have to prove anything to anyone. Fuck everything. All your friends are just calling you and texting you all the time. All my friends are in relationships. I think that I think that that's a different I, I think that that's particularly particularly at this age. I think that that's very different. And we see a bit of that in this show, too. Like, it, nobody really knows how to treat him now that they've broken up. They're all in relationships and everything is awkward as a result. And They make a point of uh, saying how, like, if you're old, it's particularly hard because everybody wants young people. Uh, so I'm sure that's going to be one of nph's struggles i saw one of the episode descriptions was like him trying grinder and yeah that type of stuff so um this is how out of touch with single life and dating life i am though uh they were talking about a dating app on this show called hinge and i thought that they made it up specifically for the joke of saying more like unhinged and I was really annoyed because it's a shitty joke to begin with. So it's really shitty that they made up a dating app. And then today I came across some article that was talking about Hinge. And I was like, oh, shit, that's real. What the fuck is different about Hinge? And then I went down a rabbit hole. 
a hinge rabbit hole or a dating app rabbit hole? Uh, it, it, it wasn't even all that deep. It was just trying to figure out what the fuck made hinge different from any other dating app. Is that the one where the woman has to message first? I don't know. I didn't get into specifics of how it works, but the the kind of mission statement is more about the point of this is to find a long-term relationship and it's catering in some way to younger people like something in the description called out people that are into tiktok which i don't get how it's targeting them and i don't get how that's relevant but i'm pushing 40 so who gives a shit uh i i'm not sure i would date again if kathy left me even today um because i want no part of those apps and i don't know that i would put enough energy into like trying to date you know what i mean like you'd be in a serious relationship within a year i think that would be problematic why because me and kathy have been together for 20 years if she left me all of a sudden it it was one thing the relationship that ended when i was coming out of high school a wasn't great it was two and a half years but for the last year and a half or more of that i definitely occasionally had fantasy fantasies of well if she died everything would just be like over she she would visit family in england or whatever and i'd have the thought like for plane crash like i'd be i'd be cool with it Oof. yeah it's not great that's how big of a wuss i am and not able to just break up with someone <laughs> and she's the one that broke up with me in the end um and i was devastated for like a week and then i was like oh wait no this is what i wanted all along anyway <laughs> oh fuck yeah, by the time my last breakup happened, I was just like, cool, thank you. <laughs> thank you for having the, the <laughs> energy to break that up. When Michael's complaining about being single, he complains about how many planks he had to do. Mm-hmm. Neil Patrick Harris, how he's got to do a lot of planks every day, right? Like, that guy's in shape. Don't know what he looks like with his shirt off. He's he's thin, but I think planks are for developing ab definition. And he had I, his shirt off so much during this episode. Did he? Yeah. I wasn't paying attention. <laughs> yeah, no, he's fit. Uh, but it made me think how funny it would be if uh, Neil Patrick Harris were like a method actor. And so in order to make that line believable did planks like every day for two months so that he just like fucking hated planks mm-hmm. so that he could have the right amount of disdain for, for that one line mm-hmm. for this one line he's like, but then i imagine him go ahead he's like in a hotel room with a plank journal like right now then i imagine after that line comes and goes they're recording like later episodes and he's trying to bring planks back into it because he spent so long just for that one line and realized it had a great impact but he's just wasted two months of his life on a single line that really wasn't that funny yeah and then this role just like ruins his life because all he wants to do is plank anymore he stops acting he becomes a bodybuilder uh only takes acting roles that uh reference planks yeah Mary- so pirates of the caribbean <laughs> Oh, here's my next thing. He is going to an appointment to sell an apartment with a woman that he just got introduced to at a dinner party, I think the night before. Mm-hmm. He's on the phone with his business partner, and she's having trouble getting there, and he's upset, and he's walking into the lobby, and he's swearing and like yelling 
on the phone as he approaches the front desk. When he gets up to the apartment, he gets chastised by the uh, apartment owner and then, like, reminds him about, like, you need to have etiquette, lobby, and stuff as he's leaving. This guy has been a real estate professional for I don't know how long. I 100% do not believe that he does not have it ingrained in him to not even be on his phone when he walks in the lobby of that building. I think you're discounting how impactful this relationship breaking up was to him. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. It's kind of throwing it's his whole world upside down at this point. Yeah, and all I'm saying is I still don't believe that he wouldn't have finished yelling at his partner before walking through the front door. I can't believe that you have any sense of what lobby etiquette is because there is no part of me that thought lobby etiquette was a fucking thing. As soon as he walked as soon as he walked in yelling on the phone walking to the front desk I was like what the fuck is he doing? Why is he doing this? So Genuine question, and maybe this is a poll for the week. Are you just that fucking weird, or am I that out of touch with lobby etiquette? I did not have, I did not know the phrase lobby etiquette. Or I, no, I, yeah, I know, yeah. I get it, but yeah. there's something in you. In, like it, it's, a, it was deeply ingrained in you for you to have recognized that right away, yeah. where it was completely absent for me, and I was annoyed that she was being such a turd about it no no i don't know i don't know i guess i thought that everybody would think this but i don't I don't know what it was where like i knew like i knew if i were a real estate if i were selling real estate and walking into a building th- to do that that as soon as i walk as soon as i walk through that front door i am behaving i'm changing i have an alarm set up for mondays after our D to remind me to upload the episode in case i've forgotten for that week i'm adding on there to add a poll re lobby etiquette like when you watch the first ep- listener onesies when you watched the first episode of uncoupled and that happened did you immediately think what is he doing or when he got up to the apartment and got yelled at you're like oh what's the deal here yeah I'll try and find a way to make that more concise. Word for word, that's what I want. <laughs> there is a character limit in Twitter. I'm not sure that's going to fly. Abbreviate, Eric. <laughs> Me no talk good. Um, Stop using so many emojis then. <laughs> if you hadn't used as many emojis while you were talking about that poll. <laughs> So you're gonna keep watching this show? No, not after you told me the only thing that I wanted to watch the second episode for. That absolutely feels like the sort of thing that they would want to slow play a little bit, but they just burn right. Yeah, even the end of the second episode, right? Like I know who it is. Do this whole build up. Maybe even I ever get like hit by? Okay, hold on. We're running episode two <laughs> <Yep>. now. <laughs> Wait, hold on. Let me go get a beer. We're, we're writing a better episode, too. <laughs> not the one that actually happens. You still good? Yeah. All right. We almost just did the smoothest transition into an episode two that we've ever done. And then we're like, wait a minute. Okay.
So what happened at the end of the first episode? She's... I don't remember where they were meeting. Let me redo that without the sound of a... She just had, like, a whole bunch of beers in front of you. Not to no, drink. you alcoholic. <laughs> no, not to drink. Just to, like, pop open and interrupt whenever somebody talks. They make soundboards. I'm sure I'm positive there's an app for that. I'm positive there's an app for that so we don't have to listen to you spitting into the mic. <laughs> All right. What happened at the end of I the don't, first episode? All I remember is that the literal last thing she says is, I know who he's moved in with. Okay. Episode two opens up. They're meeting for brunch like the next day. And they have to like... After she said, I know who he's living with. Mm-hmm. So what did she just say? I know who he's living with. Anyway, I've got to go home for the night. They were on the phone. Why would she wait to tell him till the next day? Because, uh, well, maybe she didn't. This is just the scene. Okay. Yeah. She says, I know who it was, though. Okay. She wants to be like, I can't tell you who it is, though. It's um, going to crush you. It's going to crush you. So we're going to have to do a little caper so you can find out for yourself. <laughs> no, that doesn't work. I'm just trying to pigeonhole a caper in there. What's the thing where... Um, why are you looking at me like that? We've spent so long beating around the bush. I have no idea what the fuck you're talking about. What thing, Michael? <laughs> <laughs> where I can't just tell you what it is. You have to find out for yourself. Okay. Otherwise, it'll, like, psychically kill you. Okay. Until that line, that was basically just what we had been talking about. So I was very confused why you beat around the bush to basically just repeat what you had just said. Like, I can't tell you. We've got to do a caper to find out. <laughs> just, like, 20 minutes of me saying the same thing. And hold it's on. just, like, also Bigfoot's there now, though, too. I Hold on. Bigfoot's not... Bigfoot's not there. I'm no, I'm no butting that. Um, no, but there is a wizard and she has been cursed. And she fucking loves cinnamon. No. <laughs> I'm just asking for one non-cinnamon wizard. That's all I'm asking for. Okay. Nothing about the cinnamon wizard has demonstrated that he curses people, least of all so that they can't say some crucial piece of information. What if it turns out his rival realtor is the wizard? And that's why she can't say he he saw her in the window and he cursed her as she left. That's why he's such a good realtor. He's just busy going around cursing everybody so that he gets to sell houses real good. (laughs) You know what, Eric? I think you might owe me an apology because all of that that I just did that you made fun of me for got us to this point. (laughs) I don't think I do. I don't think I do. (laughs) I think we could have gotten there if you had just said, I can't tell you. I have to show you. I did, and then you let me ramble on. For you ten said minutes. that. <laughs> All right. I think officially, um, maybe not as of today, but at least within the next couple of days, we will have been doing this podcast for three fucking years. Yeah. Happy anniversary. <laughs> I can't believe we've been doing this fucking podcast for three fucking years. Honestly, my I'm mostly surprised that you've stuck it out for three years. <laughs> I, I, at least once a week to this day, am 
expecting at some point for you to just be like, I don't want to do the podcast anymore, man. I expect that I am going to have that feeling not once per week, but yes, absolutely. The month before our domain re not the domain, like the hosting is re-upped because as of right now, no, there's no fucking way I'm canceling this podcast. We just shelled out 120 fucking bucks for it. <laughs> For the year. So we're putting in at least another good, okay, mediocre six months at best. <laughs> okay. So they sit down to brunch and he goes, okay, who was it? Who is it? Who's he shacking up with? And she goes, you're not going to believe this. It's and he's like, what's going on? She's like, I don't, it's a, and she just like, can't say it. So Wait. Does she not know she's been cursed? <laughs> no. So she said, I can't I can't say it on the phone. We've got to do it over brunch. And only then finds out that she's been cursed and can't say this guy's name. No, on the phone, she's like, this is so huge. You're going to want to hear this over mimosas. Gotcha. Okay. I just wanted to make sure I was following along. Yeah. That's all. All right. I'll let you take over. <laughs> and he says... Just tell me who it is. And she does the whole thing again. And then he says, what? A wizard got your tongue? <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let me, let me, let me try it again. But uh, with more feeling this time, I really think I can land it. What? A realtor wizard got your tongue? <laughs> and then she's like, yeah, it's, <laughs> that's who it is. And then. She does what everybody does in a comedy when somebody can't say something. They play charades. Oh, I love this. Okay. But she's really bad at charades. <laughs> and at least three times during the charades, we see Colin walk by with his new partner in the background because they're gay. Of course, they're going to brunch as well. And it's just it's he's missing it every time because he's so focused on her doing this shitty charades oh yeah you could do like a lot of gags like that where like he's walking by and like she's like trying to do charades uh picture like elaine bennis dancing mm -hmm. that type of uh bad movement but then when he walks by she's like points she's like there he is and then as he's soon like, as neil patrick harris turns around like the waiter like walks up or something like right between we're Neil Patrick. Like, I think at least once, maybe the first time, she has to be doing the pointing thing, and he says, "Um, uh, the pointer, the pointer." Like he's he thinks that this is a gesture that she's doing, that's oh. supposed to get him the clue. But then, yes, I, I definitely think that the escalation of that is he finally realizes she's pointing, and then he sees the waiter, and then he thinks the waiter is who he's shacking up with. Flips over the table. Flips over the table. Punches this waiter straight in the face, and then and uh, screams at him. Take your curse off of my partner. <laughs> this catches Colin and the other realtor's attention mm -hmm. who look up and it's like, oh shit. And then the other realtor does like a little bling, and, and then just teleport away. Yeah, they teleport away. Mm -hmm. And so now they have to like, because she knows where they're living now too. So they have to like stake out the place. Mm -hmm. And then um, at the end, they see like Colin like in the window. Uh, and then they see eventually the other guy come to the window too so they like find it out so then we get to the episode conclusion where um michael like it goes home and he sits down 
and he opens his laptop and then you just hear a voiceover which is just like you know i learned about relations i learned a lot about relationships today Blah, 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 blah. Like a Doogie Hauser type voiceover. Oh, I thought you were going for Sex in the City because uh, I definitely got that vibe from this show as well. Yeah. He sits down and uh, he goes to his apartment and he sits down in front of an Apple II and then starts typing out. That, that's what uh, Doogie was using, right? Fuck if I remember. Yeah. It's been 30 years. <laughs> um, All right. That was the show. Do you have a update for us for F-Boy Island? No, uh, I'm saving it. I have watched the next two episodes, but the final two episodes just dropped today when we're recording this. And tomorrow we're watching them with the Donovans. So cool. I will give an update on the final four episodes so that we can be done with this charade. <laughs> All right. Well, you want to wrap it up? Sure. Thanks for listening to the episode one podcast with Michael and Eric. Our website is episode1podcast.com. That's spelled out O-N-E. Or you can follow us on Twitter at podcast episode one. And that's the number one. If you like the show, leave a rating, leave a review. At this point, I have to assume nobody new is liking the show because we haven't had one in like a year and a half at this point. But no, you could you could do that thing if you cared, if you if you really gave a shit, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, big thanks to Bosdi for the use of our theme song. See you next week. <laughs>